Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. So here's the question on today's All About Affordable NFTs. Are NFTs the future for sports collectibles? Yes. Great podcast. See you out there. This has been... All right. Leave us a review. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? Go well, George. Uh, You you know, market doesn't change much, but you know, it's... uh... God's giving a couple of days. Who knows? There's a little life. There's a little life in NFTs. I always like that's the thing. You can go to like Crypto Slam, you go to these pages, and you're like, well, somebody somehow is pumping in in all of this right now. But honestly, looking at the past seven days, overall market down 10% for whatever that's worth in overall volume. And you know, Renga, you mentioned a little bit last time, like that is, you know, that's popped up there. I have no clue what that is on the Ethereum chain. So that's, well, the project's from, uh, well, the Dirty Robot team, Dirty Robots, the artist behind it was the Art of Seasons. I think that was actually mentioned in, somebody mentioned that in our Discord. I think it was, if you did mention that, uh, please let us know again and uh, let us know what we missed out on by not, let it, by not following you at the time. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the other one that I noticed was uh, the Heads collection by Matt Fury, the uh, original creator of the uh, Pepe the Frog um, for good when he created it. Uh, don't confuse that with what it was re- later used for, but he just launched a new collection. So that's one of them that I saw. So, you know, it, you did talk about how we don't have those story collections right now. And I think that remains, you know, we do see the little things popping up here, here and there, but not things that are dominating like, all of the NFT headlines. Yeah. And I don't know how you, you know, like, <clears throat> you just have to somewhat be lucky, but also maybe we'll be talking this about, a little bit about that as NFL all day, cracking the top five in terms of overall volume trading on flow, doing over five million over the past seven days. So, you know, maybe future sports collectibles. Um, what are you, what are you seeing in the news right now? All right, seeing in the news. Well, I noticed I noticed this because I all of a sudden noticed a new NFT popping up in my wallet, an Arbitrum-based NFT uh, now on OpenSea. Arbitrum, uh, the, the layer two scaling network, one of them for Ethereum, uh, has their own NFTs, and now they are tradable on OpenSea. Um, I don't know. Of, uh, I, this had, the Arbitrum network originally had the, or sorry, I shouldn't say originally, it had, so has the, um, Mm. can't remember the name of the collection actually there was a very popular collection the um there are little apes there but they were on the uh, the treasure uh marketplace um so that had gained some popularity at one point in there was it small brains these small brains that's it. i did it i actually remembered yeah. it they grew in size over time. Yeah, that's right. So 
SM. I don't know much. I don't know much about what's going on there now. Um, you know, we talked about recently how uh, the uh, Solana-based um, marketplace. Magic Eden, Magic Eden. There we. Go. I am. Thank you for filling in the plate for me today. Uh, you know, they <laughs> recently introduced uh, uh, Ethereum-based NFTs. Uh, so we're just seeing interoperability uh, spreading among these marketplaces. You know, that is one of the benefits of working with these open blockchains. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I, I was just checking my wallet. Nothing. Nothing dropped for me. Apparently, I didn't grab anything there. Yeah, I just realized these are the only things. These are this. They're in my wallet because they didn't sell and they're apparently worth nothing. So. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Uh, this is so funny. I was just checking my wallet and I have this memory of like, what? Why are these ETH addresses in here? And then I remembered after the uh, the last week's podcast, I ran off and bought Trump for Senate.eth and Ron for President.eth. So if you're in the market, I'm willing to sell for an outrageous price and I will probably donate to a progressive cause that may, uh, may, may fight the underlying agenda. But if there's any accidental donations, I read a headline that Matthew McConaughey did not rule out running for president while speaking at sales, a dream force, the Salesforce conference. So if you really want to hop on something, you know, get that McConaughey for president. Oh, I gotta go check that now. <laughs> All right. Uh, another, actually, speaking of ENS names, ENS has regained control of ETH.link. We mentioned this story in a podcast a few weeks ago. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, the, the the person who held this was behind Vars um, and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't up, or, or re-register the name. They sued to get it back. Apparently that was successful. So, you know, it's uh, at least they're not dealing with crypto assets where that would be much harder. All right, this just in live reporting, MatthewForPresident.eth is available. I am going to leave it out there. I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to touch it. All right. Ah, so this stuck out to me, Sam's Anchor Cafe. This is uh, a Bay Area place up in, um, up in, Sausal, or in uh, Tiburon. Sorry, it's uh, right across the bay uh, from our north of San Francisco. They just did an NFT launch and they raised $300,000. So this is a place that is right along the water, really popular place to, to get food and drinks. And they famously do not take restaurants. Uh, they do not take reservations. So you are left waiting there even uh, when you take the ferry over and maybe wow. run and try to get uh, reservations. Now you can with an NFT. I mean, $300,000 in an NFT. Tea launch for a restaurant that has I'm sorry technology. Well, what like, like business doing this? I'm sorry, all you did was just basically created an allow us for a reservation system you probably should have had anyway. Huge. Now this I mean, this is this so this is a very different idea than I think what we're seeing with NFT based restaurants like the flying fish and all these, you know, the NFT based restaurants, that's the only way, you know, this is an added benefit. You don't have to have this to get in there. I mean, they're not when are we starting the company, there. Andrew? People are going to need to analyze it. They're also going to know what these people are doing. I mean, these are yeah. people doubtful that, I mean, maybe it is their first NFT, but if it is, they're going to do other things too. It seems more likely they're also already doing other things with their wallets. Yeah, and I think this is cool. Like they, um, they worked with the you know artwork from a, a designer, Anthony Lorino, um, and developed by 
bitchy NFT, but effectively they worked with an artist. They created something that is like pretty unique. And I, I think it all has to kind of go together with that brand. It's not just slap your logo on a thing. It is not just like, oh, let me just randomly generate dots on a screen. I, I think there's like a real chance to have a bit of flavor personality baked into this. And I think it's a heck of a lot easier if you have the existing audience. I mean, you're looking at this picture. It's a sunny day. The deck is packed. Clearly a fun place to hang out and has, you know, loyal supporters, right? You talk about those thousand true fans. Like, guess what? People that are like waiting on a line to get into a place that doesn't do reservations, to drink outdoors, like not bad. Well played. That's right. I think we're going to keep bringing these, these small business NFT stories, just like we talked about the soapies down in San Diego. You know, we're going to keep finding them. I like it. I, I love it. We got it. When are we creating the company? We got to write the articles. We got to write the how to. Here's what I think we do write the how to. And you bring in the like analytics capabilities, right? I think that's where it is. Yeah, well, there you go. All right. All right. We've got big business doing NFTs as well. Universal Studios at their uh, theme parks, they're offering uh, NFT scavenger hunts. Uh, this looks like it's one with conjunction with Halloween. Um, so it's through October 31st. I think this is a cool idea too, the idea that you can go around and, and get collect NFTs from different places within, um, within the park. Um, but then, you know, it does give the company, of course, insight on their customers. So great idea for, for the, the company, you know, we're going to see more and more of this. And, you know, I think it's great if you get people interacting with these in different ways. So this is scavenger hunt with co-ops, right? Yeah, yeah. So at Universal Studios, I believe it's Poops, and then I, it's their Halloween themed NFTs. So I think it's just Poops. I don't know exactly. I don't have a trip planned quite yet, but you know maybe I'll have to to get down to the to Universal just to get my uh, NFTs. I just there's so much there's so much there. Like the whole idea of scavenger hunts like leads you right to geocaching and the fact that like wait a minute instead of like a geocache you could have like. Uh, a geo co-op generated as you, you know, had some lightweight tech and a ways to do that. Um, you could really open up some fun game dynamics uh, with, uh, with just pre-existing platform tech and it just scratching the surface. You know, impressive that they're doing it even in the current market. You can see how it can be used to raise money directly, you know, as we just talked about, and how it can be, you can give these away and you're still getting interaction from your, your customers. These are very loyal customers, whether they're giving you time, whether they're giving you money and, and then you also can know more about them. I mean, from, from a business perspective, this is, this is great. And Universal obviously doesn't necessarily need to, to sell every NFT. They also have, you know, they can get people into it, but they have crazy IP that if they find out who the people are that are active and want these. That's a potential gold mine. Well, you bring them back to the site because let's say you can trade them in for an X, you know, 50% off ticket. And like, what did you do? You brought them back to a point of sale moment. You bring like, it is ready-made tech um, all there. It's like in the same way that you don't need to build your own payment processing and portal anymore because you got Braintree and you got Stripe. This is like loyalty tech built in ready to roll where you don't have to be like, oh, well, what if somebody copies the damn ticket that I do and like takes advantage of our voucher that's like the tear off like no 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 remember not fungible we have it on the blockchain the tech is right there it's just a path you know practical application all right so we've got 
pudgy penguin news. Pudgy penguins are getting their own physical toys. I think this is a great idea for this, this project. They, they seem perfect for little plushy toys. It's, you know, I don't know. A lot of, it seems small to do these little physical things. I also think in, if they're trying to, if they are trying to build a brand, this is actually a pretty good way to start doing it. It's excellent. Right. Like, I think, especially if you're able to get your style of Pudgy Penguin as like a little, you know, cute little thing you put on your desk and you're like, ah, there's that bridge. You know, I think there's a a limit to like what I'd want as a, as a thing, but you know, I kind of kick myself for not picking this up when it was in dump, but what it is, I had the thought, I was like, you know, if it comes back, but I'd already done that a couple of times. I remember like the raccoons, I was like, oh, the raccoons, they're dead. Like it was like this time of year and the team that ghosted us, like, it's perfect. They re-rugged them. No, it was just a double rugging. Right. Pudgy Penguins. I mean, they had a, a great comeback story because it was uh, one of the, the collectors from the community ended up buying out the, the collection, right, from the original creators and has helped bring it back to life. But how many projects faced those same troubles and never came back to life? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> but great to see. I'm glad they are, are moving forward with things. All right, last headline here, moving us towards our, our topic a bit. But we've got Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, and the PGA Tour teaming up in a new NFT platform deal. So this is with the autograph platform that Tom Brady's behind. Um, uh, Tiger Woods now getting involved. Sports NFTs, what do you think? I mean, I, I know a lot about autograph, or I know a little about autograph. I'm very well uh, very aware of autograph in the in the space, and I don't know many people that are collecting there. Um, you know, do you think that they are lacking names? Is this going to get more people? What's what are you thinking here? What's what's your thought on this one? It's a question of how much the celebrities that they bring in bring the audience. If you don't bring this other half of the market, like it really doesn't go well. It, in some ways, it's like collecting sports memorabilia and looking at like how well that kind of thing will do and. Truly, it'll do better at a, you know, auction where there are fans of that sport, of that athlete with money to spend bidding against each other. Absent of that, you know, it is, it is actually like less attractive than say, uh, a sign, you know, an official golf ball, a signed portrait, because it feels less real. Now I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. But the problem is on autograph, when you see them like mint 10,000 of a thing, you're like, well, wait a minute, everyone's running around with the same uh, image that that can be grabbed and shared. Uh, On the other side, over time, if it's done right, there's a reason why you want to put it on your wall and then have somebody over to show it off. You want to show that you are a super fan, a collector of it. And also, it's kind of interesting that the money actually ends up in the hands of that athlete. So you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting in some cases. I think we'll have to, we'll get more into this once we get into the topic. Even away my topics. There we go. Okay. Um, All right. Let's get into our project. We've got a project to take a look at. George, this one's on, this one's from you. Yeah. So I just kind of keep going back to what, if the price dropped enough, do I believe has got staying power? And this is um, coming out of the Kevin, Kevin Rose's like just army of awesome, frankly. And it is uh, the Grails uh, series and collection. So these had season one, season two. I believe this is season three of Grails. 
And this is part of the Proof Collective, which is impossibly, you know, expensive. You know, Moonbirds, all of these things, just can't touch it at all. But what is happening is they are systematically curating artists for these, um, uh, these drops that the artists are sort of revealed only after the mint. So you can kind of like pick the, if you have like the access of whatnot. So you have to be obviously in that small group of people that have the, you know, inside of the Proof Collective. But once it's out there, they release it to the market and then you get to see all of these top artists. So long story short, we've linked into the most recent Grails by Proof, which I believe is season three, but it is a list of artists. So a couple things you can do here. One, watch the floor on these because these are all hand curated by Kevin Rose and that community and people that have identified these artists as pretty freaking legit. And right now the floor is 0.4. Um, and it was previously significantly higher. It will probably drop further, but it is all depending. But the other thing is you can kind of give yourself a inside, uh, an outside look into what these curated artists, who these curated artists are and potentially why. So like, you're trying to build up that muscle of like, wait a minute, you know, who is somebody that's worth collecting on this list? You get um, some names that I'm familiar with, like Hakatau and you know larva labs is in here tyler hobbs is in here uh tim ferris randomly that was his first one Snowfro is in here um uh gremplin and they of all um they've all kind of i mean our favorite op, I'm, I'm a collector of sarah zucker so there's a long list of names for you to go and check out and then just see like what happens to fall to uh the floor in here and maybe make bids uh, because sometimes these folks got it for much less in their initial mint and drop, and you can get a decent artist or at least get educated on who top artists are according to major collectors. That's my yeah. This is great. There's a there's looks like there's actually two seasons of this, so they're both within the same collection. It's okay, one of the other attributes here that you can filter by and open see. Um, so each one is looks like an addition of is it fifty pieces per. 25 art. artists, 25 pieces of art. Grails and Grails too. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It, it, right. <laughs> so, cool. Cool. so, yeah, they're, each, they're each same of the additions, but only 25 of each. So, yeah, this is a cool project. A lot of good quality artists in here. Uh, it's cool how they introduced these as well. I think you were telling me a bit about that before we started recording. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, I think they spend your time on it. Well, they don't. You don't know the artist when you actually get these initially. Yeah, they yeah. They reveal the artist later, so it is an interesting process. Of course, now it's well known, um, you know, as you go through these. But it is interesting ahead of time that I, I don't think they tell the artist. You know, you're supposed to kind of guess as to which one might be which. I don't know if they even say exactly who's involved until after uh, the reveal. But cool, bro. No, no, they don't. But yeah, I mean, Osinachi is in here. Like that's one you picked up. Let uh, us on to. Um... Yeah, it's a cool project and it's a, an opportunity to learn, frankly, as well. Oh, Pinder Van Armen. Yeah, there's there's ones that we have we've definitely found and processed in Coldy in here. So uh, I encourage you to just sort of, at the very least, go learn and then wait and watch and go catch a falling knife with me. <laughs> All right. RNFTs, the future of sports collectibles. You know, that... You know, that's the question. Um, and so here's something interesting. Sport trading card market was valued at uh, 
seven. I can't even say this right. Uh, is but it's projected to be over twenty million by twenty thirty, and it's growing by about nine percent projected from twenty twenty three, saying to twenty thirty. You know, this is like a market research firm, but long story short, it, it's growing as a sports trading market. So I think there is certainly growth. I don't know whether I see seven billion. It's like seven billion to twenty billion. Sorry, <laughs> seven billion to twenty billion. So in twenty twenty one, it was seven billion. And it just means that like people are collecting more and more like these old sports cards. What I wonder though is today, right now, a card that is printed versus mint. I believe that the minted one will be worth more over time going forward right now. That is that is my my take right now. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we've I've got mint some notes in here that some of the most or two of the most expensive sports cards ever were sold just in august um those were there was a honus wagner t206 famous sports card if you if you know baseball cards and there's a mickey mantle that was, that was sold for 7.25 and then there was a mickey mantle that was sold at the end of the month for over uh, 12 million um so these are both extremely rare cards very old cards and you know one of the things that uh that makes them extremely rare is that there's very few in good condition and it is one of the challenges of a physical physical object of any sort and you know one of the things we've talked about with you know, why with one of the value propositions of nfts is that you don't need to necessarily take care of these physical things you don't have to worry about degradation over time you know and i think there's you know it's, it's amazing that these things are going for this much especially you know in august this is certainly in a time when you wouldn't think the, the record would be being set uh, for these assets and it's after the introduction of of nfts at this point we haven't seen you know top shot took i mean they were garnering all sorts of headlines really got a lot of people into nfts and it's been a, a bit of a crash since then. you know i don't think that there's many holding much of a high value so it's hard for me to say where those where the nfts are that are going to be worth a lot more in the future are where are those being minted um we've seen some some unimpressive attempts from from mlb and tops and they haven't been uh real widely collected i mean i know there's there's some fandom you know maybe those end up being the things you know maybe those are just being overlooked right now maybe i'm missing you know maybe i'm i'm overlooking the the, the next valuable digital assets but right now it looks to me like they haven't caught on and there's some some maybe worry that yes they're both collectibles but card people have been collecting cards and digital sporting physical goods for hundreds or not hundreds but over 100 years people have been collecting these not quite the same with nfts and there is some some worry will these be will these be as popular in three years in five years in 30 years whatever the case may be yeah i mean the truth is just that the numbers are staggering um the memorabilia market according to globe newswire is 26 billion you know as of you know 2022 so uh, 2021 like i don't know how you're measuring it but it's exclusionary of nfts that there's just one, there's a lot of money there. And I think, again, I come back to, it's not going to eclipse the like larger memorabilia market by a long shot until you get a whole transfer, I think, of a generation and how they're collecting. 
But I'm willing to bet that, and I'm trying, I can't find numbers on this, but you can help me find it, is just like the new sales of packs, right? Because I'd say it's like unfair to compare to like historical, like, you know, how many years of collecting memory, a hundred years of collection of the memorabilia versus like NFTs that have just been printing since what, 2017? So to that end, what is the current sales of new packs of baseball cards? Uh basketball cards. And I think that is something that NFTs are um, maybe better compared to. And then put it differently, like, you know, we, we both had kids, but kids are too young for, for cards. Would they prefer a digital pack of cards or a physical pack of cards as of right now? And what do you, how do you think that'll change when, you know, it's five years from now? Would they rather buy a pack of cards? I can speak on that one a bit. Actually. Yeah, pro. My kids, my kids do have, they have a lot of physical baseball cards um they also when i actually got into nfts i remember showing them top shot that was one of that was the first nft i actually owned um was a top shot card and remember going through like the 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 opening pack you know opening the pack revealing the cards in there and showing them and they you know they completely got it because they had seen physical baseball cards and it made sense to them um they haven't you know, there's not really a lot of opportunity for them to necessarily collect these on their, uh, collect NFT trading cards on their own. You know, I haven't set them up for a way to do that. I, I do, you know, get the baseball cards. And at the same time, I see that they really do value, value digital assets. They play a lot of Minecraft. They, they play a lot of uh, uh, different video games that you have to earn things over time. Um, and it's, time they have to put into this game uh, one of my sons did for whatever reason the, the ipad you know lost the lost his uh his saved um his saved profile and he lost a bunch of his assets to one of these games and he was really upset about that and um you know that that's that is on that shows like he does he does care about the digital ownership even if it's not there with sports cards necessarily at this point i think there's i think the future generations will be able to grasp the idea of digital ownership much quicker than, than maybe uh, our generation, George. Well, it's funny you bring up lost because I, I would say that you could throw a dart and hit a millennial who's lost baseball cards because their parents just threw them away, tossed them to the basement, the box got wet, fill in the blank, sadness happened, used to have the rookie card of what have you and gone. You know, the truth is, is like, if you kept your wallet, it would be amazing to sort of be like, here's the collection of stuff I had. Uh, and it's still here. And, you know, it, it, it means something different, I think. Uh, but it's, it's at the underlying point of the question. Are NFTs the future of sports collectibles? And it genuinely depends on the next generation of collectors. Full stop. So the question is, when is a kid getting their first wallet? <laughs> How are they then showing it? And if it feels tangible to them, but truly, like you said, their their lives are becoming more and more digital first. And it's assets that they have in those ecosystems that they they I can identify with more fluidly than I think can. Even as like NFT lovers, there's still a part of me being like, I'm not gonna lie, I'd rather a, a signed jersey on my wall than a, a something in an NFT right now, just because I don't have I don't have the framing. I don't have the thing set up. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with sports memorabilia, especially when you're talking about 
a ball or something that can be be held, you know, maybe that was used in a game. I mean, that that's certainly going to be hard to replace in a digital in a digital medium. I mean, I think that's you know, trading cards are one thing. I definitely can see trading cards going there. I think jerseys, especially ones that you're talking about, something game used. I mean, you know, catching a ball, a foul ball at a at a baseball game, catching a home run ball is always going to be a cool thing. I mean, that it's a ball from the game. It's it, you can see that it came from there and you see the direct connection. And you're probably right that digital cards are going to move over. I mean, this is, it seems like it should be happening faster and maybe it is, and we should be paying more attention to some of these. I think there's a big, you know, big part of this is what brands are going to, to hold value over time. That's a big part of, of what collected, what digital collectibles will hold value. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about how the, they're all uh, the, these assets are often not as uh, only as valuable as the the creators of the project, uh, the, the people running the project, you know, are behind it. If they don't continue with this, it runs out of steam quickly. I don't think that those assets are necessarily going to be all that valuable in 50 years. Yeah. And so right now, as we mentioned before, cracking the top five is NFL all day. Yep. And that's NFLallday.com. We did use it as the affordable project, but packs are $84. They are sold out. Uh, they're following the surprise, the uh, the playbook. Um, they're built on flow, right? And they're... Right, yeah. yeah. And this is more of a game, right? I think it's a, a game more than just collectibles. I could be wrong. I have actually have not checked this out much yet. You know, I, I was <laughs> thinking it may be a little uh, Top Shot-like and, and get some attention. But, um, you know, it's good to see they're sold out. I see... Looks actually like these are just like top shot. You collect moments, not all moments are equal. So you've got uh, it's rarity. It doesn't look like it is based on stats. Um, Rainmakers, uh, the the game from uh, DraftKings, uh, that is more of a game. Um, I've seen some talk about that. You know, I do think that NFL has. We talked about this. How the NFL fantasy, uh, I mean, fantasy is such a huge part of NFL, and I think there's a large number of of NFT, I mean, of fantasy players that will adapt NFTs, even if, uh, you know, you've got some, some reluctant, uh, friends in your circles. Yeah. I, I, you know, look, I think it's worth paying attention to this. If you're a football fan, go for it. Go, I mean, like, frankly, it's affordable if you can get on it, but it seems like they make pretty darn quickly. Um, and you know, they're, they're following the, the playbook. There'll be a rise and then a fall. I mean, the playbacks are really cool. Uh, so who knows? Maybe we'll we'll take another look. Maybe we'll try to get one, analyze it. Markets are quiet, but that that's what you have. I don't think it's going to swap for for collectibles, but I think it's fair to compare it to cards, and I think it beats cards. That's what I think. So, if you were trying to find a, a you know a rookie card of, of someone now, where are you looking? If you're trying to, I mean, I don't know where. If I was trying to find a, a big baseball fan, and I don't know where I'd even look to go collecting at this point. I know Tops has done some some. Um, I can't remember what they do some live. Collectibles. I, I'm concerned about how Tops is kind of being pushed out of the uh, official MLB uh, product. So that concerns me about how those digital collectibles will be over time. You know, if, if the Tops brand is somewhat devalued. They ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> just, they just straight up. Well, I don't know. 
got to go to a point of like, huh? Top steward or did MLB do it? And, you know, maybe MLB is really trying to wait. I don't know. I know they're trying to do their own collectibles. We'll see how that works. You know, I, I think, you know, with NFL, I think you, you could still look at this NFL all day as collecting digital rookie cards. I think you can still do that with Top Shot and just know that it's probably a long term play. I mean, I don't know what the, the numbers are on these, but with the quantities got pretty absurd with the Top Shot. Um, collections of 60,000 plus of, of common cards and then, you know, another 10,000 of rare cards that just, it's hard to see the value with when it's that number of, of cards and there's just not enough collectors to make that value, that number rare by any means. Yeah. Your point about it's not, you know, it's not lost on me. Like, where are you going to the official, you know, blah, 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 collectible and like. I went, you know, I went long on a Patrick Mahomes, like individual drop off of nifty gateway and it just freaking died on the vine. It was, you know, by all accounts, minted by him, created there. And that was my assumption that like, I don't know, maybe the best quarterback in the game, arguably is like something good to collect. And now those cards equally exist on NFL all day. You know, there's, uh, Mahomes is like on the front page of it, but that didn't do much. <laughs> To the other so you have to not only get the right player but also more importantly the right pack and right network on that yeah and you know we talked about autograph earlier you know perhaps uh you know, one of those other great quarterbacks uh behind that and it you know it's brought some attention certainly about bringing got big names to the, the platform um you know i think that is a potential of of long-term collectability um it, it seems like one that will um at least keep trying for a while here and try to bring high end to it. I, I just think that, I mean, I think the tops, the tops was so, so iconic and, and making baseball cards, a, a, a tradable, I want to say asset, you know, depending <laughs> on the meaning of them in some way, although we talk about NFTs that way, um, you know, but I, I think they, they did so much for the branding of it and making it a thing and that it grew over time because there were, millions of people that were interested and i think it's hard when you're going super high end and you know i know we need different different tiers um but i don't know that we've got the i don't know that we see the collection that is building uh building the network needed to really make these these digital cards with i don't know get to the value that we once that we that we see digital real physical cards at right now yeah it's a tough question it's going to take longer. And and frankly, it also depends on a lot of parties working together, which may not end up happening. Uh, because in individually, like Shouldn't each we be one of these players, because <laughs> each one of these players um, clearly can go out and, and launch their own thing. And that just confuses and separates the marketplace and draws into question of like, where's the actual value? Um, all right. That's what I got. Uh, I feel like the trying, leagues will find more ways to extract the value. Extract the value, right? It, right. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that like, it's pretty clear when you buy a, a collectible, you're like, I have this now. <laughs> it's here. In the same way with the NFT, like, sure, but then they kind of like, that, that worked. Well, well, maybe we should do that again. Drop twice. again. You're like, ah. All right. Yeah. I'm undecided now. I went from a firm yes to a probably. I mean, they can do the the same thing with physicals it's just the physical things that are actually used will continue to hold value trading cards are made way more 
akin to to NFTs and mm-hmm. yeah, one of ones are essentially collectibles in that sense. So, alrighty, leave a review if you feel like it. If not, stop listening. Stop right now. Uh, all right, Andrew. Good luck out there. Let's hope for uh, all NFTs to go up, regardless of quality. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.